Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tennessee Titans made probably their biggest decision of the offseason with uh, the announcement that Rand Carthen will be the new general manager. And Rand Carthen will be the guy who will make pretty much all of the important or most of the important decisions to follow now going uh, going through the offseason. Uh, it's not clear how much, if at all, he will be involved in the uh, – in the search for a new offensive coordinator and a, and a couple other assistant coaches, but uh, but he is the guy. He has he has not met with uh, with local media yet as uh, as director of player personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. He has a team still in the playoffs, and I guess that means he has things to do this week and maybe for the next couple weeks in his old job. But uh, but we will look at Rand Carthen and more on this week's episode of Believe in Titans, your uh, your podcast for all things Titans news with, as always, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great, David. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, thanks. And John good. Glennon. John, how are you? I am well. Hope you guys are. Doing great. Thank you. And I am David Beauclair. And let me remind you that the Believe in Titans podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, gentlemen. Denard, what do you make of uh, Rand Carthen? He... I don't think he's a he's a guy who's well known to the average fan. What have what have you found out about him? What uh, what what do you think of the decision to hire him? Well, I think it's a great move. First of all, I would say uh, congratulations to Rand. The only thing I wouldn't like about him is the fact that he went to the University of Florida. He's a Gator. <laughs> I'm a Tiger, so we wouldn't mix very well. But I would say that uh, congratulations. Forty one years old. 41 years old, a young man, and he's worked his way up um, up the ranks, started out as a scout uh, for the Atlanta Falcons back in 2008, and then he was a part of that St. Louis and then that Rams that when transitions to L.A., director of player personnel, and he played for the, in, in San Francisco. He was there, what, 2017 until what, till now. And what's interesting about Ram is he's a former player. We don't see that uh, that often. Uh, from a general manager. I mean, I know Martin Mayhew, who's now with the Commanders, uh, was a longtime uh, player in the National Football League. So he brings not only experience, I think he can empathize with the players. And I think this is going to be a good move for Tennessee. And what was also interesting, David and John, is when when I heard about the hire, the first thing that I thought was Carthon. 
And it, that's the son of Maurice Carthon. I mean, I was like, okay, the great Maurice Carthon, two-time Super Bowl winner for uh, the G-Man. So I grin. He has a he got the pedigree. I think this is going to be a great move for Tennessee in the long run. Yeah, you, your playing career and his actually overlapped a little bit. Rand Carthen was a backup running back with the Colts in 2004-2005, the last uh last couple years of your career. So uh you guys you guys might have even crossed paths at some point, but uh 16 carries in his career, I he, he, you probably wouldn't remember him that much if you did, I would guess. I don't remember much, but uh, but uh, 2003-2005, David, I was in another world. <laughs> <laughs> On, heading, heading, heading to the end of the line at that point. Yeah. John Glennon, uh, it, you know, the, it, was a, it was an interesting, I guess, uh, it was a, a fairly broad search. Seven different candidates brought in there. I, I Although I don't know how much we can count Malik Boyd of uh, <laughs> Buffalo's personnel department right now. His interview ended Tuesday afternoon, and within a matter of hours, the news was out that Rand Carthen was the choice. But uh, two in-house candidates, the Titans go for uh, go for somebody from the outside, a fresh set of eyes. How how important, how how compelling you think that will be in terms of the decisions that are to come for this franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what I have heard so far, as you mentioned. You know, we, we haven't um, uh, talked to, to Rand Carthen in person yet. We'll, we'll get to do that on Friday when he's introduced. But, you know, when when you look at the, at the resume in terms of what he's done, in terms of moving up the ladder quickly, it uh, looks impressive. You know, some of the, the roles that he has held in, in San Francisco, director of personnel, director of player personnel, means – uh, you know, according to what the Titans have told us so far, that it, that he had at least some role uh, in in the drafts for the 49ers in the last few years. Uh, and specifically, according to at least one story I, I read, that you know he and the scouts were sort of in charge of the later rounds uh, for the 49ers, which is intriguing. Uh, you know, because in the in the last few years, in in the later rounds from fifth round on, they uh, you know they found guys like George Kittle, uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, two local connections, Jawan Jennings from Tennessee and Richie James from Middle Tennessee State. So it, it's not crystal clear exactly, you know, what role he had in in the drafting of of college players, but it certainly looks like his evaluations played a, a key role there. Uh, and 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 we obviously know, in in terms of uh, pro personnel and player personnel, he had a big role in adding free agents to the team, and certainly. The Niners have done very well and, and created a very deep roster, uh, you know, one that they, they've been one of the best teams in the league for three of the, the past four years. But what struck me also uh, in, in some of the stories I've read just recently here about Rand Carthen, uh, Jim Wyatt and, and Paul Kowarski both had a couple pieces on him. Uh, and, and they talked about Rand Carthen's communication skills. Very good communicator. Uh, guy gets along with, with everybody. Um, well respected by everybody and that struck me because you know what we heard from Amy Adams Strunk in terms of the search was she was looking for someone who was a collaborator you know uh, someone who could build consensus and, and you could certainly read into that a little bit that maybe John Robinson was perhaps lacking in that you know that's that's what I read into it anyway and so you, you got the idea in, in reading some of these quotes on Rand Carthen that that the communication uh, the ability to to kind of build consensus uh, and, and to form strong relationships are, are some of his strengths. So, you know, even away from the talent evaluation, 
uh, that seems to be a good pickup for the for the Titans as well. Yeah, I have heard off the record from some people in the organization that uh, that, that Amy Adams Strunk was not happy with sort of the the general mood that that John Robinson created throughout the building. In in addition to some of the holes in the roster and whatnot, that he was not you know he was not a ray of sunshine, if you will, walking the halls and and in his encounters with people in various departments and whatnot. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things in that regard that, that really jumps out to me about Rand Carthen was you read from his Florida days, his Florida teammates nicknamed him the mayor because they, they said it seemed like he knew everybody in Gainesville, Florida at that time. And, uh, and it, you know, it seems like it, you know, just this big personality and one of those folks who, who probably has a knack for remembering everybody's name and a, and a particular detail about them. And, you know, I, I think that that will fit well with with Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel is one who's always talking about, you know, he'll find ways during the course of the season to bring up the name of somebody who works in the cafeteria or, or somebody who's a janitor in the building and, and and try to say how important they are and, and, and elevate them a little bit. I think he uh, I think he places great value on on everybody around the team and and not just the team itself so that uh that that should play well and the other the other thing I, I think that the titans fans should probably be encouraged about is coming from the 49ers Rand carthen was part of a front office there that seemed to have a very clear idea of what they wanted their team to be and how to get players to fit that uh, you know we we have seen we have seen general managers across the league. We've seen general managers with the Titans who sort of just draft good players and kind of hope to to fit them all together, or players they think they are that are good players even, and, and try to fit them all together. I, I, I think the 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 better mode, the the better I approach is to to have a specific plan. And, you know, that's, that's one thing John Robinson did try to do. He always talked about, you know, they had a grading system that was set specifically to, you know, guys that they thought would fit well into their systems. And, and uh, I, I would imagine that will continue if, if not even get better under, uh, under Rand Carthen, but uh, you know, exactly when he, uh, when he will start the job again, I assume is, is tied to, how deep a run the uh, the 49ers make in the playoffs here and there's a chance they could uh, they could make a pretty pretty deep run but uh um you know John you mentioned it he's he's going to meet with the media probably on Friday for the first time you know Denard you're not you're not a media member but if you were if you were in that press conference Friday what would uh what what would what would you want to ask him what what would what would you want to know that you don't know about him yet well, first of all, I would like to know what he learned from his days uh, being with the 49ers organization. Remember, you emulate what you see in this league. It's a copycat league, whether it's front office or players. And he had a chance to learn from uh, a player and a GM that I learned a lot from and how to carry yourself and how smart he was. And that's John Lynch, a.k.a. the Lynch Mob, the Hall of Famer. He is a great GM. He's doing a heck of a job there in San Francisco and think about this. I mean, he had a chance to learn from Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, again, a pedigree, you know, the son of the great Mike Shanahan. So he brings to Nashville uh, so much knowledge. But one of the things that I would ask him, I would say, what happens 
if things don't go your way the first year, what are you going to do? And I, w- I would like to know, what are your long-term goals for this franchise? That's something that a lot of the fan base, they want to know. What do you, how do you envision this franchise going forward? What's, what's your, um, when you put this thing together, what is it going to look like? And that's something that I think is, is very important uh, to your fan base. You, you mentioned too, Denard, that he, he is a, 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 former player in his own right. He's the son of a a great player in the NFL, has that pedigree, has that connection. Now you've got a, a, a general manager and a head coach who uh, who sort of have that firsthand understanding. Do you think that that will be important to the guys in the locker room? Do you, do you think that that will mean something to those players? Yes, it means the world. I mean, look what's going on in San Francisco. Look at the relationship that Kyle Shanahan and George Lynch, I mean, John Lynch has formed. I mean, that's a winning combination. In the in this league, it will not work if your GM and your head coach is not on the same page. So once again, you have two, you got a head coach in Mike Vrabel who played, what, 14, 15 years in the National Football League. He knows what it takes to win. Now you add a GM who actually, he played three years in the National Football League, and he comes from a pedigree, a dad who played a long time in the league. So that's just experiencing knowledge. And what I love about when you pair these two is I'm sure they can empathize with one another. I'm sure when it comes times to making drafts, I'm sure Mike Vrabel has a lot uh, a lot of input of what he wants. And I'm pretty sure when they collaborate and get together, they can form a, a kind of a bond where, hey, listen, you know, despite of our differences, we can come together for, for the greater cause of this team. That's what happens when you put two players together. I mean, that's empathy. And that goes a long way in this league. John Glennon, what, what do you think is is most important for for Rand Carthen? Where where does he start? I mean, there there'll be every team has a long to do list. The Titans maybe a little longer than some after ending the season on a seven game losing streak and, and what have you. Where where do you think he needs to start? What what are the first questions he needs to answer about this team and this roster? Well, uh, I mean, I'll I'll start with some questions that that I'd be interested in in hearing, you know, Rand Carthen answer on on Friday as well, and and you know, one of course is the question you always hear with any uh, new GM coach setup, and then that is kind of who has final say so on the uh, on the fifty three man roster. We know that that was with John Robinson uh, previously. You know, he had tenure when he hired Mike Vrabel, so John Robinson had the final say on the fifty three, and you wonder now. Does that shift back to Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel has been here, uh, you know, since 2018. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, I, I would assume as most coaches feel like they they like to have more control of the roster, you know, are we going to see now Mike Vrabel have the final say? So on the 53, uh, uh, you know, man roster, or does uh, does Rand Carthen assume that uh, role as well? So I'm, I'm curious on that front. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I'm also eager to learn, uh, you know, just how much of a role he has played over the years at his various stops in evaluating uh, college talent uh, as well. You know, the, the jobs uh, he's had on the resume, you know, is, is pro scout in Atlanta, uh, director of player personnel with the, with the Rams and, and director of pro personnel and player personnel with the 49ers. So I'm, I'm not, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of, uh, guys that rise through the ranks, you know, and John Robinson was one of them, um, you know, have, have some experience as a college scout. Um, so I'm curious as to how much um, Rand Carthen has done on, on college evaluation. He may, 
you know, the nature of, of his job, you know, he may actually have done more than, than his title uh, would show, but, but I'm curious there. But then when, when you look at the, the questions that Rand Carthen will have to answer, uh, uh, you know, we'll have to, to figure out what the Titans, I think certainly the big one, you know, that's on everybody's mind is, is this a reload or is this a rebuild uh, for this franchise? You know, do you look at your franchise and say, okay, we just had seven straight losses. We finished seven and 10. This is a franchise on shaky grounds. We've got to do a massive overhaul. Or do you look at it, uh, you know, as the bigger picture and say there were six straight winning seasons before that, you know, we've gone to the playoffs in three of the four years prior to this one, you know, there were a ton of injuries this year. So is it only a a matter of, you know, fixing a few things in order to get this team back online? So, uh, I'm very eager to to hear what uh, Rand Carthen has to say on that front because that decision right there will probably you know take the Titans one of two directions as they go into free agency, as they go into the draft, as they go into re-signing their own uh, players as well. Yeah, and I think to dig down on that idea a, a little farther, that the number one question you ask is: Is Ryan Tannehill? My quarterback, you know, I, I think that's uh, that that's what Rand Carthen and Mike Vrabel have to decide first, and then everything goes from that. Because uh, I believe we discussed it last week. You can cut Ryan Tannehill this off season. You can save a lot of money against the uh, the salary cap. And and uh, if it's not Ryan Tannehill, if it's Malik Willis, is it Malik Willis? And if it's not Malik Willis, then then who is it? Uh, you know, is is Lamar Jackson going to hit the free agent market? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy you know from San Francisco, is it going to be Baker Mayfield? Is it? I mean, there's is it going to be Derek Carr? There seems to be any number of options right now, but I think that has to be uh, that that has to be the first question. That uh, as was as is the case, I think for most NFL teams, you 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 start with your quarterback and and go from there, and that will be uh, that that will be that will be really telling. It's 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 interesting to note and and Denard, I'm I'm really curious to hear your feelings on this. I know as of two years ago, because I wrote a story about it, the Titans were one of uh I believe it was five NFL teams that had never had a minority as a head coach or general manager. There there were six. The Atlanta Falcons, when they hired Arthur Smith as head coach, they also hired Terry Fontenot, uh, an African-American, as their general manager. That got them off the list. And and I I did a story. No one from the Titans wanted to talk to me directly, but they did give me uh, they did give me a bunch of information in terms of how they expanded the diversity within the organization and whatnot. And, uh, uh, you know, Denard, you can certainly speak to this better than John and I can. Is this a big deal to to get an African American in this spot? You wanted to ask me that because I'm black. I, well, you you have you have a, yes, you have you have a much better perspective on that than I do. I mean, I, I sometimes feel like yeah, you know, I sometimes feel like as a member as a white member of the media, <laughs> I need to like I need to care about this, and and I don't know you you tell me do should I care about this? Yeah, we all should care because it's not just it's opening doors for African Americans, but it, or other minorities, but it's also going to open up the doors for women. We don't talk about that as much. I mean, women make up what forty one forty one percent of the workplace in the National Football League. Up to this day, there's three hundred and nineteen women that are employed in front office jobs uh, in the National Football League. So that's big. What I love about this move, you imagine. Since the inception of the Oilers and Titans 
uh, organization. There hasn't been one African-American head coach nor GM. So this is a first. And what that represents to me is change. And it when I only change, that means this organization, as well as this league, it's evolving. And I love the fact that now uh, you have eight. You're talking about Ron Poles uh, for the Bears. Uh, of course, the Vikings with Kwesi Adolfo Masai. Martin Mayhew for the Commanders, Terrence Fontenot for the Falcons, Brad Holmes for the Lions, Andrew Barry for the Browns. And maybe one day that we can have um, much more, you know, if they can go in there and do the job, if they're capable of doing it. And if you, if you watch Rand and just look at just look at um, the process that he's went through, he's been in a front office position for, I mean, in the last 14 years. So this is not something new to him. He's He's worked up the ranks. So what this what this this move is about is it's telling young African Americans, uh, it's telling other minorities that if you want to get into a front office position, if you work hard you, and you get around the right people in this league, that that opportunity could pre- uh, one day present itself uh, for you. And I see this as a uh, it's not just opening up doors for African Americans, but it's opening up doors for other minorities, and as well as women. And this could be a huge uh, move. Because consider the fact that always has been around 63 years, and this is a first. So, I mean, yeah, this is unprecedented um, uh, in, in this hire. And, John, you sort of wrote about this today in, in a piece you did about Rand Carthen. The, uh, you, you wouldn't expect any changes to the front office immediately because of the timing of the draft and whatnot. But uh, um, how much, how much change do, do you think will happen after the draft? Uh, do, you, do you have any sense of, uh, you know, he, he might want to do something different with his, with the scouting staff. Certainly there's a, there's an opening in terms of the director of player personnel, Monty Olsenfort, who, uh, who, it was an in-house candidate for this job. Got the got the general manager's job with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. So there is there is one opening there. But uh, I mean, should we expect a a big overhaul of the front office at at some point here this off season? You know, I, I was, before I get to that, I was, I was going to touch on the on the, the previous uh, topic as well in in terms of hiring yeah. uh, an African American uh, general manager and uh, this organization. Remember, had some had some work to do, in my opinion, to kind of dig out of a of a not so uh, you know good situation. If you remember, you know, Mike Malarkey went on a podcast in 2020 uh, and talked about the fact that basically uh, he was hired after what what uh, he said was basically a sham interview for Ray Horton, um, you know, a, a previous Titans defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Mike Malarkey said he had basically been told he was hired before they interviewed. Ray Horton, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, which was to, to strictly to comply with the Rooney rule is what basically Mike Malarkey was said. And then you follow that up, you know, with, with the, uh, the, the legal discrimination or the racial discrimination suit that, that Brian Flores, uh, had against the NFL, you know, in recent years too, which the Titans are, are part of, uh, obviously as, as part of the NFL. So I think they, you know, they took some very deliberate steps. Um, you know, in, in order to, um, you know, show that they are, are moving in the right direction. And, and if you look at the candidates, uh, for this general manager position, look at, at five of them were African Americans. Not, not only that, but they're all of them were involved in the NFL's, uh, front office accelerator program, mm-hmm. uh, which the league did last December 
And that's basically at the league meetings, they had somebody from every team, like a, a you know, a diversity representative, uh, and, and they got to meet, you know, with, with various owners and encouraged forming relationships, uh, you know, and getting to, getting to know one another a little bit better. And, and again, when you look at the list of, of, of people the Titans interviewed, Rand Carthen was in that accelerator program, Glenn Cook from the Browns, Ian Cunningham from the Bears, Malik Boyd from the Bills, and, and Quentin Harris from the, from the Cardinals. Um, so clearly, I, I think, you know, the Titans wanted to make sure, you know, uh, that they have, have changed their ways here a little bit and, and are, uh, are certainly making every effort um, to be very diverse. And here we have Rand Carthen, a very, very highly qualified general manager. Um, anyway, all right. So on to the on to the the other topic uh, that you mentioned. Yeah, I I don't think we'll see huge changes in terms of the structure right away because a lot of times what happens when a new general manager comes in, he'll keep his staff the, the current staff in place, uh, whether that's scouting or or whether that's the the personnel people in place because so much has already gone on as the as the team looks ahead towards the draft and the free agency you don't want to throw all that information out the window right away so my guess is that he'll probably keep this staff pretty similar uh right now and then after the draft is when we may see more significant changes that's when scout scouts typically uh you know get get moved on if, if that's the case and that is probably when when Rand Carthen will hire you know guys he wants as his as his right hand advisors as well uh when you look back at when John Robinson was hired he hired Ryan Cowden in May after the draft to kind of be his right hand man so i would expect the more significant changes in the hierarchy to kind of take place after the the draft at the end of April yeah and, and say this cuz John Robinson's first draft with a with a scouting staff that he inherited and in a draft board that uh, I'm sure he inherited and, and made some changes on to some degree as he went that, that that first draft was a bit of a mixed bag first round pick Jack Conklin worked out really really well second round the second first of three second round picks the second overall pick for the Titans that year Kevin Dodd a complete disaster then Austin Johnson good player but but you know, just a just a role player throughout his career in the NFL, not exactly what you're looking for for the 43rd overall pick. Then you get Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard. Those are those are two home run swings. You, you get Tajay Sharp in the fifth round. So uh, you know the the idea that that Rand Carthen has to come in and work with an unfamiliar scouting staff does not preclude the uh, the possibility of of making good and meaningful picks for this franchise by any stretch of the imagination um you know all of that is is to be seen i guess as we go forward um we mentioned there there are coaching positions to be filled as well most notably the offensive coordinator position uh uh, mike rabel has has filled this role twice before when matt LaFleur left after the 2018 season. He promoted Arthur Smith. When Arthur Smith left in 2021, he promoted Todd Downing. Uh, Denard Walker, do you think this offense needs a fresh set of eyes from the outside, or, or uh, you know, there are some there are some in-house candidates, most notably Tim Kelly, who's been a coordinator in this league. It, it is it better to to stick with somebody who knows the scheme and knows the players? It depends on the head coach Mike Vrabel. It depends on now your new general manager. Uh, I know when you sent me something earlier today, John, you mentioned a name uh, that I was really excited uh, uh, that you uh, 
put in an email, and that was Matt Nagy. Uh, I, I love this guy. I, don't look at his record as a head coach. And he actually had a winning record for the Bears. I was say, his, his yeah, I know, but he still got fired. Coach. He still got fired. And I know he went in two playoff appearances. And that's what's alarming about uh, that move uh, in 2000. What was that? 22 that they, 2021 that they fought in. Yeah, 21. And, but, season, yeah. And, and what I love about Matt Nagy, and I love what um, – Chicago general manager Ron Pace back in 2000, who was the general manager back then, he, he had a great quote about Matt Nagy. And he says he's highly intelligent. He, ha- he has a creative outside the box thought process. And what that means is that he's not one dimensional. You go back to 2017 when he was the offensive coordinator at Kansas City and he had a quarterback by the name of who? Alex Smith, Alex Smith, yeah. Alex Smith, who was lighting it up. And Alex had been in the league some years. He had a, what, a 104.7 uh, quarterback rating. He had the career best, 26 touchdown passes, over 4,000 yards, uh, passing yards. So, again, if you bring in Matt Nagy, you know that he's capable of working with a veteran quarterback. Let's say if Ryan is on the roster next year. And that's what you need. You you got to make sure that you address uh, that quarterback position by – who are you going to bring in uh, to call the plays? Cause they're going to work close together. And I think what I love about Matt Nagy is he's from that coaching tree of Andy Reed. Andy Reed is to me, the epitome of a great offensive mind. And where did Matt Nagy learn from Andy Reed? He spent a lot of years with Philly with five years. And then he went with Andy to, uh, to Kansas city. And I just think if you're going to go outside of the box, if you're not going to get a Bill O'Brien, why not Matt Nagy? I mean, the guy is a proven winner. He's a great offensive mind. And I think if Ryan Tannehill is on the roster next year, this can be a beautiful relationship between those two. Yeah, it's interesting of the uh, of the the candidates the re- that that have been reported that the Titans have interest in. You've got the two from Kansas City and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy. And and I agree. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna borrow from somebody else's offense or or change your offense in any way, you know, you want to get a piece of what Andy Reid is doing because Andy Reid has done it as long and as well as as anyone in a, in a long long time. In the NFL. The the other one is is quarterbacks coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Charles London, and, and you feel like part of the appeal there is that that it wouldn't be a big transition for him because having worked on with Arthur Smith in Arthur Smith's offense there, there there's going to be a lot of carryover and a, and a lot of, a lot of language and, and things that are, that are very much the same in it. And it would make for, for a very easy transition. So in terms of, uh, in terms of the, the reported interest the Titans have at this point, I think there's a little bit of a mixed message there that, that makes me really interested to see, which way they go now and you know john i guess same question to you though do, do you think this team is better served with some with a fresh set of eyes at this point i i could go either way but what what bothers me is i hear too many people saying uh we just need change we just need fresh blood you know basically saying we need change for the sake of change i i think that's kind of ridiculous 
you know, you, you look at, at who you think is going to be best for the job, not automatically say, well, he can't be in our system. I mean, like, look at, at what's happened with some of the people that they have promoted from within. Certainly, Arthur Smith turned out to be a great move from within, moving him from tight ends coach to offensive coordinator, worked out uh, very well for the offense. Shane Bowen is on, on the other side of the ball, a guy that was promoted from within, and, and after kind of a shaky first year, whether no one really knew whether he was defensive coordinator or not, uh, you know, since then, I, I think he has proven himself quite well. Obviously, it did not work as well with Todd Downing, but uh, that that shouldn't, you know, scare people away just because Todd Downing didn't work doesn't mean that no one will will work from, you know, within the system. So, you know, uh, I think Tim, Tim Kelly, obviously very uh, highly qualified candidate. Um, and, and you know, by the, by the same token, guys like, you know, whether it's a Pat O'Hara or, or Tony Dews too, you'd hate to be one of those guys and, and work uh, uh, hard for the organization, do a good job, and then have somebody say, well, uh, we need fresh blood. We need, you know, we need a different look. Despite the fact that you guys have done your jobs very well, we don't really care. I, I think that, you know, opinion to me is is a little ridiculous. Uh, I am intrigued uh, very much also, yeah, by, by Matt Nagy. Uh, Charles London does seem to be a guy that's drawing intrigue around the league. He interviewed for the Dolphins offensive coordinator job last year. Uh, um, I think the commanders are requesting a, an interview for an offensive coordinator uh, position with him as well. And, of course, he has a background. He was on Mike Vrabel's. Uh, the same staff as Mike Vrabel in Houston for four years. So uh, he is, uh, is certainly intriguing. He's also going to be serving as the offensive coordinator at the Senior Bowl uh, coming up. So getting a little experience in that uh, regard as well. But, the, you know, Eric Bieniemy to me is, is always the kind of guy that that's the big question mark. You know, he's he's clearly done some things very well with, with Kansas City, you know, with such a high-powered offense, but he's he's almost, you know, kind of haunted by by the fact that that he is working for Andy Reid who as we've just all talked about is a great offensive mind and a great play caller so you're forever asking about Eric Bieniemy well, how good is Eric Bieniemy because Andy Reid is is really the guy that's you know pulling a lot of the strings is is really the the play caller as far as we know uh anyway so uh the most experienced guys in terms of play calling Tim Kelly and and Matt Nagy uh, you know, I, I don't think the Titans could go wrong. Uh, you know, e- either way, honestly. You you mentioned Tony Dews, the the, the current Titan Titans running backs coach, and he he's a real interesting candidate to me. Uh, assuming he's a candidate, and I don't know that we know that for a fact at this point. But you know, the majority of his coaching career has been in the college ranks, but he's been an offensive line coach. He's been a wide receivers coach. He he's been a running backs coach. You know, his, his work with the uh, with Derrick Henry, I, I think, speaks for itself. Uh, and but but his his history shows that he has a a a, a deep understanding of pretty much every aspect of uh, of the offense. He just hasn't worked with quarterbacks. But uh, I, I would think that would that would create a real interesting dynamic. And of course, there's speculation out of Tampa that that Byron Leftwich might be losing his job. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I will never forget when he was a 
quarterback at Marshall and and was playing a game and and hurt his leg late and they were in a hurry up mode and and his offensive lineman picking him up and carrying him down the field. I mean that 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 to me just speaks of a a type of leadership that that if I if I was running an organization of any kind, I I I would certainly want that that kind of inspirational attitude on my team and uh if he if he's out there I, I think the titans certainly should uh should take a look at him but uh i don't there's no timetable that we've heard on on when this uh when this search will conclude so we will uh we will keep watching it and uh and see what happens and talk about developments as they warrant but uh that should do it for this uh this episode of believe in titans Brought to you by Bet Online for Denard Walker. Denard, thank you as always. Thank you. Had a great time. John, thank you. Certainly. Thank you. And to all you out there, we thank you for listening and downloading and referring us to your friends. And uh, as always, we will be back next week with another episode of Believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.